Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a friend to join me, and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Hey friends, and welcome to July. We've made it past June which June kind of flew by for me. I don't know about you. I spent some of the latter part of June in Uganda, and then I got home and was just like, wow, what happened in June? Well, welcome to July. I hope if you celebrated the 4th yesterday, you had a great day. I hope you were off work. You got to be with family, eat a hot dog maybe, see some fireworks. Anyhow, today we have a great show. We are still in our encounter series, which basically we're bringing you a show every week with someone telling their story of how they started following Jesus It's just my favorite thing. I can't get over it. I can't get over it. If you did not hear Lacey Abercrombie last week, please go back and listen. In fact, if you missed any of the shows this summer, I'm just being honest with you. They're going to be such an encouragement to you. Such an encouragement. Today is no different than that. My friend Tony Collier is here, which Tony is one of my real life favorite bestest friends in the whole entire world. You might think we've known each other forever. Nope, we met in COVID. I always say she's one of the best gifts that the pandemic brought me. Tony Collier is here today sharing her story of what it looked like for her to start following Jesus. I know that this show is going to encourage you. And listen, if you've got friends that are kind of thinking about Jesus, wanting to know what it means to follow Jesus, send them these series. And if you're listening and you don't have a Bible, we want every person to have their own copy of the scriptures. So if you live in the U.S., that's where we can send it to you. We'd love to send you a copy of the scriptures, a copy of the Bible. If you do not have one, just email us, jamie at jamieivy.com. Well, before we jump into Tony's show, I want to remind you of something is that Tony and I are going to Israel. It is true. We are taking a trip next summer. Myself, Tony Collier, and our mutual friend, Lisa Whittle, we're all going and we'd love for you to come with us. It's really easy to find out all the information. Go to premierisrael.com slash holyland. Or if you're on Instagram, come over there. You can find our trip page, holyland2024. Really, come find myself, Lisa, Tony. We're going to be talking about it for a while. We would truly love for you to join us. We're going to walk where Jesus walked, where he healed, where he changed lives. Before we jump into hearing today's encounter story, I wanted to take a moment to share the story of another life change through the gospel by the intentional generosity of a listener just like you. Here's a story about Kevin in Honduras. When the traffic lights turned red and the car stopped, it was my chance to knock on windows and ask either for money or food, said nine-year-old Kevin. He and his three older siblings were used to begging for food in the streets and always wore worn-out shoes and dirty, ragged clothes. Kevin's family were enduring more than just economic poverty. They were experiencing multidimensional poverty. Kevin and his family were also deprived of basic health care, clean water, education, 
and adequate living standards and dealt with the threat of violence in the community. At such a young age, Kevin has experienced what it is like going to bed with an empty stomach and waking up the next morning with no hope for breakfast. If one of them got sick, Rosa, Kevin's mother, did not have a chance to consider going to a health care unit because she could not afford it. Kevin's single mother, Rosa, grew up in poverty, but scarcity was not an inheritance that she wanted to pass on to her children. Raising four children on her own has been challenging for Rosa. To support her family, Rosa washes other people's clothes and earns around $4 a day. Even doing what she can, Rosa can't earn enough to provide for Kevin and his siblings' basic needs. But all that changed when Kevin was enrolled in the Compassion Center. For the first time, he got to experience the world that he was missing out on because of begging in the streets. Kevin felt welcomed, loved, and cared for by the center staff. I did not learn to read and write, and I was eager for all my children to start school, said Rosa. Through the center, Kevin has been given school supplies, a backpack, uniform, and shoes to attend school. I feel grateful and encourage him to carry on. Kevin is now a third grader and would like to become a firefighter when he grows up. Kevin says, I like coloring and using colored pencils I got in the center. I'd like to become a firefighter because I saw how brave they were when rescuing people during the hurricanes last year. Life has changed for Kevin and his eyes do not reflect sadness anymore. Despite poverty trying to get in his way, Kevin has a promising future in Jesus' name. Friends, I've been partnering with Compassion International for years, and they are working to release children from poverty in Jesus' name through its one-on-one child sponsorships. When you sponsor a child like Kevin through Compassion, your $43 a month will provide food, clean water, education, medical, and dental checkups, and above all else, the ability to learn about Jesus and flourish through the local church. There are more than 100,000 children awaiting sponsorship. Listeners of the Happy Hour have partnered with Compassion throughout the past few years and counting for more than 500 sponsorships. I'm so proud of us. We hope to add to this number through our Summer Encounter Series with the goal of 200 new child sponsorships. Will you be one of those with us? To partner with Compassion in bringing hope to a child today, simply text Ivy Media. That's I-V-E-Y Media to 83393. That's Ivy Media 83393. Or you can remember this. Go to Compassion.com slash Ivy Media. The link is also in the show notes. That's Compassion.com slash Ivy Media. Together, you and I can partner with the global church to give transformational hope to families around the world. All right, here's my conversation with Tony Collier. Tony Collier. Uh-uh. Welcome back to the happy hour. I'm so excited. Do, do people say that the happy hour makes them happy? Because it genuinely does. Oh, good. I'm so excited. I'm so excited as well. And I've been looking forward to this conversation all day. Full disclosure, I have four interviews today. They're all going to be amazing. All of them. There's not one that's terrible. Yeah. But I knew come one o'clock, come I get on. to talk to my friend Tony. And I've been so excited. Same, same. I even texted you about it. I was like, I get to talk to you in a day. I know. And I almost wore the same shirt you have on, which would have been the best thing to ever happen. We're tripping, but it's okay because it was on the mind. Great. Okay. Uh, Tony, you've been on the happy hour before. You've been at a happy hour uh, holiday gift guide live. You and I are real friends in real life. And so this is a fun conversation for me because I've invited you to come on the encounter series. Because although I know a lot about your story, there are probably things I don't know. And I want to learn today about how Jesus captured your heart. And so first, before we jump into that, tell everybody who you are and what you do. 
Yeah. Okay. So long story short, my new title that I was just crowned with is Hope Coach. So I get to be a hope coach for people, helping them process through brokenness of every kind, divorce, trauma, abuse, all the things, and leading them to hope. So that's kind of what I do. And I do that through like speaking at conferences and churches and all the things, writing books and devotionals and courses and community groups. And so, yeah, that's who I am. I got some kids, you know what I'm saying? And then you also do that through text me. Oh, you get to be my hope coach. (laughs) I get to be your hope coach and you get to be mine. Okay. There you go. Um, And so, yes, that's what I get to do. And I have two little whippersnappers um, and we live here in Atlanta. I get to serve my local church, which is also a church that my husband planted called Story Church. Um, I get to be on the teaching team. And yeah, that's my life. My favorite story, um, not my favorite story, but when I met you for the first time, Dylan, your daughter, was with Uh you and we went out to dinner and like we Mm -hmm. had a whole had a whole thing. I sat right next to her. I I I gave her a knife when she needed all the things. Yeah. The next time I saw her, I was like, Dylan, what's up? She literally was like, Who are you? Like, who are you? I said, I don't know who you are. We shared dinner together. (laughs) What are you talking about? Get out the steak. Sis was like, I do not know who you are. I know. I love Dylan so much. And now you have your little Sammy. I do. My sweet boy, 10 months old, living his best life. Yeah. I tell, if anyone's listening and they own a modeling agency, I tell Tony all the time, if you don't make some money off this boy, I don't know what you're doing with your life. You know, honestly, Jamie, I'm tired. Okay. (laughs) And and if I had the capacity, the truth is I could probably retire off of his cute little face. Because he's so cute. But I'm tired. But you can't add agent to a 10 month old to your resume. It is what it is. Momager, whatever they call the Uh people, you can't be that for him. Okay. Uh Of keeping him alive. And that's the best that I can do. If you were a momager, I feel oh. like you would be one that would get, you know what, done. Oh, oh, listen, it would be bad. I'd be like a dance mom. I already know it. It, ri- it rises up in me when I think about it. And I'm like, mm, don't need to go there. Check You're that. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, Tony, we've gotten to know each other um, pretty mm-hmm. deep over the last handful of years. And yeah. we met each other in 2020. I always say that you're one of my greatest gifts of 2020. And we met each other through work. We were at the same events and we were hosting events together. Yeah. And I knew that I loved you uh, the minute that I met you. And I knew that also you had a story that I resonated with a lot mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, different, yeah. but so much of the same stuff as well. Yeah. And then over the past two years, I've really gotten to know you even deeper because we're in our yeah. confessional community together. And yeah. so I have seen God do so much amazing work in your life of healing and growth. And yeah. I just can't wait to see what the next decade holds for you. But I've also heard like, some hard things about your life too yeah. and some stories. And so this whole series about encounter is really, let's talk about how we met Jesus. Let's talk about how we um, had these encounters with Jesus. Some people that I've interviewed, they had a dream and they saw Jesus in their dream. Some people, yeah. it was friends at their college telling them. Um, yeah. And so I want to talk to you about your encounter with Jesus. Uh-huh. And so first, before you tell me how, when, what it looked like to meet Jesus, take yeah, me to yeah. your childhood. What did faith look like for Tony growing up? Oh, shawty low. Okay. So this is really cool. So I grew up Catholic um, very ritualistic, you know, very like checking off the boxes, first communion, confirmation, catechism, you know, all these different things. And it's interesting because my dad grew up Baptist and my mama had, she, she had a little Catholicism in her, but they was really like charismatic on the cool. But our church was not like it was Catholic church, very quiet. It is what it is. And my dad believed in the voice of a woman in the church so much. 
And he was like, you're going to be a little preacher. I mean, he used to like prophesy this over me all the time. I'm like, dad, what you don't know is I just want to be on the twerk team. That's what you're going to be Okay. And, um, but he always spoke it over me. And I remember when I was eight, I became an altar boy because there were no altar girls. And my dad threatened the priest. He said, no, she's going to be an altar boy. It is what it is. Okay. My dad was quite literally like breaking glass ceilings for me that I never even had to break. And so I legit was in the church as an altar boy. I had the long robe with the little, the little rope around uh-huh. me. I was like clinging all the little essences and smokes and I was passing out communion. It was crazy. And then my dad was like, she need a read in the church. Like in the Catholic church, there's like the first reading and the second reading. And the priest was like, well, that's usually, you know, reserved for adults. And he said, nope, she's going to do it. And they was all scared of my dad. And so I literally was like a little girl, middle school, high school reading in the Catholic church, like a part of the service. It was crazy. I I was going to ask you, as your dad's fighting for you, did you, were you happy? Oh no, I would skip class. I did, you know, it's funny. I look back now because I, I did really enjoy reading the word of God to the church. I used to get up there, y'all all dressed up, ready, honey, early. I used to be like, good morning, church. You ain't even supposed to say that in the Catholic church, but I was ready. Okay. And, but there was something about it that like deeply resonated with me. And I didn't know what it was for a very long time. I was like, oh, I'm going to be an actress or something. Um, but I love that part. But sitting in Sunday school and doing all the things, I hated it. I was so rebellious. It was so bad. So it kind of is interesting to me when I hear this part of your story that your dad was fighting so much for you to be a part of the church. Yep. Now, my question is, was your dad and... This may be a hard question or, or let's go, let's back. go deep go home, Jamie, you know, was your dad fighting for you to love God or was he fighting mm. for you to just get a piece of the pie? That's what's so interesting. I, I definitely think he wanted God to be a part of my life. I think my parents were like, this is the only way they had been in church all their lives. They knew it. But in the Catholic church, you know, there isn't salvation. Mm-hmm. So I think it was more religion like let religion be a part of your life than it was relationship. Mm. There was no, are you praying in your room? Are you getting up in the morning doing quiet time? It was be on time at church, dress appropriately and don't be looking like a harlot out Mm -hmm. here and serve the church. And so it's interesting because I think they wanted it, but it wasn't packaged in a way that breeded intimacy with God, you know? Mm. Mm. That's so interesting because I know that about the Catholic church and there, if you're listening, I mean, you, you can be Catholic and love Jesus. That is a thing. Yeah, yeah. But like an overgeneralization would be that yeah. there is just rules and there's not a relationship. And so right. that is interesting that your dad was fighting so hard for that. And I wonder, again, I'm asking some deeper oh, so question here. I wonder if your dad thought this is going to be a part of her way out of something or her mm-hmm. way to make something for herself. Do you think there was any of that? Oh, yeah, 100 percent. Again, my dad and he's even said this to me before that his mom said that I would go into the ministry. He was like, she going to be a youth pastor. It is what it is. And I'm like, my poor dad, I'm all up in the club, dancing with boys, getting drunk and high. And he believed it. He was like, I believe it to be so. And what's interesting is that my older brothers had really struggled with drugs and gangs and alcohol. And I was like the last kid. And so I think they were trying extra hard to make sure that I didn't go down that path. And for them, they were just like, it's got to be God. Like Mm -hmm. if she have Jesus in her life, maybe she'll be all right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you're in high school, you're reading the scriptures at the Catholic church, but you're skipping class, all the thing, but your life was not looking like anyone that was following Jesus. You, you would, would you say you were a Christian? Oh no. First of all, not at all. Okay. What was your life like? It was crazy. I, so I was sleeping with little boys. 
all of them, just from the top to the bottom. Um, can't even count them on one hand, two hands at that. You know what I'm saying? And I was promiscuous in, in a bunch of ways. I was lustful. I was also started uh, smoking weed when I was 15, 14, 15, mm. drinking alcohol, partying at all the parties. And I didn't want to go to church. I would mm. pretend that I was sick to go to church on Sunday. I also asked my parents if I could go to a different church up the street because it was way more cool. They had like mm. some fine boys there. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I was just one trying to make my dad proud and I was trying to belong. Mm. I had a really tough childhood when it came to like nurturing and care. My mom was really sick growing up. I was alone. I was trying to prove everyone wrong and I was trying to make my daddy proud. And so I think for me, it was just about what do people think of me and how can I feel loved? And for mm. me, that was like having sex, yeah. kissing little boys yeah. and winning things, winning things. Yeah. Yeah. I resonate so much with that and have so much of that similar story of like when I was growing up wanting to have one foot in church to kind of make my parents happy. Um, Uh And I wasn't like altar boy or anything like that, but just like one foot in church to make them happy, but yet a completely different person. And so I knew what to say when I was at church. I knew what to say when all the questions were asked, but inside of me, there was no, like we said, relationship. It was just all these rules. And for me, Tony, When I got into high school and I started breaking all the quote unquote rules that Christians are supposed to follow, for me, I thought, well, then I guess I'm out. Like, Mm, it's over. Yeah, I don't know how to recover from this because I would have said I was a Christian, but yet I was breaking all the rules. And so then, like, I don't know how to recover. So, high school, you're also what I know about you. Like you said, you want to win. Very smart, achieving all Mm -hmm. the goals, all the things, heading off to college. What does college look like for you and finding your faith? Yeah, I'm 16 heading off to college and I'm again people pleasing. I'm Wait, did you graduate school. early or did you I did. I graduated early because I because listen, see, this is what the people that don't know. It's not because I was smart. And sure I was because I took dual credits and all you the things. You were very my, smart, yes. My junior and senior year together, but I was chasing a little boy. There was this guy that wanted to marry me and well said that he wanted to marry me. And I was trying to get out of my parents' house so mm. I can go be married and live my best life in college. That relationship didn't work out. He went to jail. It was crazy. It was crazy. And I ended up going to college and going buck wild. But it was more of the same. It yep. was, I'm people pleasing everybody. I'm in every organization. I'm trying to do all the things. I want to be friends with everyone. I want to be known and seen. And I'm even like dabbling in some of the Christian organizations just because I want to be seen. Like I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I'll go to the little Christian night. They got free pizza. Bet. Mm-hmm. I, I'll go on stage and do a devotional and do this. But for me, it was just about belonging. It wasn't, a, I'm not trying to like talk to the Lord, which mm. what are y'all even talking about? And so that's college. And I still ain't really met the Lord. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if those moments in high school and college, when you're dabbling at all this yeah. other stuff with yeah. all of the knowledge that you had, because I think that's happens to a lot. I mean, yeah. I'm thinking about that even as I raise my kids, all the knowledge that you have, all the things that you've been yeah. taught about God, were there any moments where you wondered like, is this it? Like, is this what my life is going to be? Did you, did you struggle with that? Or were you like head into whatever's going on? Yeah. I, I just don't think I was questioning anything because I literally had no capacity for anything outside of what I was doing. Mm. I was like, I got a plan. I'm running my life. For me, my biggest lie was always, there's no one here to protect me, including God. So he's not even like existing to me. 
because it's like for me for so long I wrestled with the idea like God if you really were there mm. you wouldn't have my, had had my mom get sick you wouldn't have taken away my nurturing from my parents and the protection you wouldn't have had sexual trauma and abuse happen to me my virginity wouldn't have been lost at 13 I wouldn't have battled with anxiety and depression so he was like non-existent I was running my life. I was like, I'm going to be a lawyer. I'm putting myself through school. This is all mm, me. So your battle was not, does God love me? Your battle was like, he hasn't been there for me. He hasn't done anything yeah. because my life, what yeah, what has he been doing? Cause here I am. And so little Tony has uh -huh. to say, I'll take care of myself. I got it myself. I got it myself. All right. Going mm -hmm. through college, yeah. doing your best life, taking care of yourself. I got it myself. What's going on now? Well, then I meet a little boy, like the 30th, who I had sex with at that point. Uh -huh. And I thought I was going to be single forever. I wanted to be like corporate woman, lawyer, blah, blah, blah. This guy comes in, swoops me off my feet. Three months into knowing him, he's like, hey, I'm moving from Texas, which is where I'm from, where I went to school at, and I'm going to Georgia. And instead of going to law school like I planned, I was like, me too. Mm. I'm, I too am going to Georgia mm -hmm. with you. And he was shocked, I think, but I was like, I'm coming along. And we get here and it's horrible. I mean, there's yelling, screaming, doors ripped off the hinges, holes punched in the walls. And his uncle and aunt ends up inviting us to church. Mm. And I'm 20 years old, fresh up out of college. And at 21, I go to church, like for real, for real. And yeah, cliffhanger. If you don't know it, guys, I'm a Texas girl through and through. I've lived here most of my life. I was born here and I love traveling. Here's why I love traveling throughout Texas, because it has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities, which means there's an infinite number of different travel experiences. And no two travelers are exactly alike. And it means that no two trips should be either. If you're a beach person, well, you can have fun under the sun with Texas's 350 miles of coastline. If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies cannot get enough of Texas's world famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. Enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interest. Guys, come visit my state. Visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn. You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power, and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. 
Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music, just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. All right, you go to church. Now, you left something out that I just want to make sure that we know. Were you married or not to him? Okay, so when we moved, immediately, no. Okay, I, I knew that, but I didn't know at this point. No, we got engaged the day before we moved to Georgia. Okay. And we were just shacking up, living our best life, as they call it, and um, still wasn't married. I went to church, and we were in a service, and it was just like God was coming for me. Mm-hmm. But again, I was just like, mm-mm. You're not safe. Mm. And I remember walking up. It was during this like worship time and they have this altar call. And I have never gone up for an altar call. I even went to a Christian camp my senior year in high school just because it was fun. And they were like, everybody was going up to the altar and professing their life. And I was like, I'm not doing that. Meet me at the lake. I want to do the white water rafting. (laughs) And so they had this altar call and I'm like, I'm going to go. But I don't know what I'm going to say. And I walk up there and I put my hands out and I close my eyes. And it is like, God is flashing my life in front of my eyes. I mean, I see everything. I see my mama having a stroke and riding in the Suburban with her in the front seat. And I see um, all these times that I had been you know, sexually fondled with and manipulated by cousins and family members. I see myself losing my virginity at 13. I see myself drunk driving, flipping into mm. a dang ditch, all these things. And I just feel the Lord impress on my heart and say, you're here because of me. I kept you alive. I weeped when you were weeping. I was with you with the anxiety. I was with you when you had your first puff of weed in the back of your boyfriend's car. I was with you when you were sneaking out of the house, stealing your parents' car and made sure that you were safe. I was with you in the ditch when you flipped over and I prevented you from dying. I've been protecting you. Mm. And I was weeping at the altar. And this little girl who was probably seven or eight just comes up to me and holds me. I don't even know who this girl is. Somebody parenting, let their little girl come into the service. I'm crying at the altar. And she just comes up and hug, like holds me. And it was like the Lord has sent her to say, it's okay. Wow. And I was like, I'm in. Wow. I'm I've never in. heard this, Tony. I know. I've never shared that. No. And the little girl. Little girl. I, I literally like leaned over, like opened my arms up. Like, what are you like doing this? The mom, I see the mom and she's like, I'm so sorry. But she just saw me crying and she just came over and hugged me. Wow. And I felt so held for the first time Mm. and it was beautiful. And I was like, I'm in, but it was, I was like a pinky toe though. Yeah. Yeah. You know, a lot of people, as they've been sharing their stories, they have this moment of this encounter. Like I would say that was like a really big encounter for you. But then a lot of them are like, but I didn't start following Jesus then. Like it was like, but, and I think that, I think that scares people sometimes because we want to think like, mm-hmm. oh, you had this moment, like now, like you're all in mountaintop. two feet, mountaintop, all the things. Yeah. And sometimes God is like, hey, just keep coming. 
just keep coming, keep coming to me. And um, so you had this moment, you're living Uh with your fiance, his aunt and uncle invite you to church. You have this encounter literally with Jesus where he's telling you your whole life and saying, I was with you and all those things and all the things that you said, where were you? Mm-hmm. He says, I was with you. I was with you. What happens <gasps> next? I say straight up yes to Jesus. Yes, Daddy God, I'm in. I'm a Christian. Here it is. I dove right into ministry, which honestly was not the best choice. Um, but I ended up starting to volunteer with the youth ministry. And all the kids loved me because I was crazy. I kind of smelled like weed a little bit. They were just like, we love this girl. And and I was. I was still. See, what had happened was I had said yes to Jesus. And then our church was one of those, this new church was one of those like come as you are type uh-huh. things. Like, you can still party on the weekends and come to church on Sundays, which was very toxic for me. Yeah. Because what had happened was I said yes to Jesus, but, but I became a fan, not a follower of him. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you know what fans do. Like we call ourselves a Christian. Mm-hmm. We pray sometimes when we need something. Mm-hmm. We go to church and pretend like, oh, whatever. But our Monday through Saturday looks crazy. But a follower, which didn't happen until about four years after this, surrenders their life, Mm. right? Like a follower is in, a follower starts to look like Jesus, all these things. And I was not that yet. Um, But I surely was a fan, honey. I would belt out them worship songs. They messed around and let me be the youth director over all the youth, which was such, I mean, I was way too young, way too fragile, way too crazy to be doing that. But I did, I have to write in the ministry. Mm. And it was When you Mm. look back on that fan season, Um, cause I think it's even great that you can acknowledge that and see that. I think that a lot of people are like, was I, was I not, I kept making these choices, what was happening. And so when you look back on that fan season and you look back on that, Tony, that girl, what was her relationship like with God? Like, Mm, like, I know you say she's a fan, but what did that actually mean? Like, what did that look like with you and God? Yeah. Well, I was in a church that would say things like, if you don't use the gifts that God has given you, he's going to take them away. I was in a church that said things like, it's a hundred of y'all up in here that's going to give a hundred dollars today. Mm-hmm. And God's going to be pleased and all the things. And so I think what had happened was I said yes to a God that wasn't the God of the Bible. Mm. I said yes to this big mean God that was like, you better do this or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, which was familiar to me because I grew up Catholic. I was going to say, you so just I- switched it out. I just switched it out. I said, oh, okay, I got salvation. Cool. Now I'm serving this God that needs me to show up to Sunday school and needs me to, you know, do all the things and get the certificates and and be good. Well, that caused a real riff because I still was a little crazy. I still was partying a little bit. I was I started I got married a year later at this point. I, I still was smoking weed to numb all the pain and the anxiety and the abuse. I still I was living an unchristian like life. Mm. And, and so I struggled because I was just, I I could bring God all my victories, but I could told, I just literally couldn't bring him my sorrows. Wow. I was like, he doesn't want this. He doesn't want me to come to him for this. And that really stunted, I think my relationship with him because he wanted nothing more, Mm. but I was in a church, which is why it's so important for us to be in healthy churches that didn't give me the discipleship Mm -hmm. and the true knowledge that I needed to, to pursue God and to really follow him. Yeah. You were in a toxic situation. Yeah. It's like you went from one toxic to the other. So the toxins All merged and yeah. They're just yeah. toxic, toxic. And it sounds like you're an achiever. Like you're uh-huh. still an achiever. That's not bad. That um, yeah. But it's like you were you were trying to check off what you needed to be for God, to be for oh, him, yeah. to do for him, yep. but not letting him be anything for you really. Oh, Yeah. I mean, all I did was instead of being upset with God and shutting him out from being a protector, I I settled 
for the lie that I told myself that he wasn't a protector, that it's okay. Like, it's okay. Like, I know that I probably make you really ashamed. Mm. I'm not asking you to rescue me. It's okay. I know that's not who you are. It's almost like I was letting God off on a pass. Yeah. You don't have to deal with me. You don't have to deal with me. It's okay. I'm going to serve your church. I'm going to be with these youth. I'm probably got one of them saved at Uh least. And so I'm probably going to get to heaven. Mm -hmm. Like that's what I had settled for. Wow. That would be unsustainable for a lifetime. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. And it was. And it was because that was about four years. What happened in those years? Oh, my goodness. Marriage got worse. Um, Had a little girl in that marriage and saw fear in her eyes for the first time and decided to get a divorce because I wanted safety for her and I didn't want her to grow up in an environment like that. I transitioned out of the church once the pastor said that my purpose was connected to him. And if I ever left or did anything outside of the church, that God wouldn't bless me anymore. And that's why I was like, okay, this is maybe a little crazy. Toxic. Oh, so toxic. And honestly, was really poor. Our pastor was driving a four-door Porsche. She had a multi-million dollar home and I was making $300 a week and I couldn't pay my bills. And I mean, we were struggling. Mm -hmm. And- I hit rock bottom by myself as a single mom. And then I got not angry with God, but then I got a little like, I don't even know what to call it. I got a little forceful with him. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you need to show up. Like, I'm not settling for this God that I just learned at this church no more. I'm going to, I'm going to challenge you at your word. You said you'd be close to the brokenhearted, be close. You said you'd be talking to people and stuff. I need to hear your voice, dang it. Okay, because I don't know what these other holy people are doing, but they're saying that they're hearing things from you. Mm. And I want that. And it's almost like I got, I started to challenge God, but I really started to challenge myself. And I was like, it's time. And I pursued him. Mm. And he met me in a really special way. How did you know how to pursue him? Like, that's a question I want to know when people first start following Jesus. And I feel yeah. like other everyone has a different story. So it's encouraging uh-huh. people to hear. What did that yeah. look like for you who grew up with rules in, in the Catholic church? Then yeah. you transfer those Another rules to church where there was rules. But yeah. now you want to pursue him. What did that look like? And how do you know what to do? Oh, my goodness. Well, first of all, I got into a healthy church. Mm-hmm. And that was hard, but I, I was determined. I wasn't one of those people that's like, oh, my gosh, I've been hurt by the church. And now I'm not going back. I'm like, oh, no. Mm -hmm. Like, if you know what I've been through, God is the only way forward. And his plan A for humanity is the church. And so I'm about to go find me a church. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I ended up at North Point Ministries. And I remember the first time I sat in service and was like, who are they talking about? Like, who Mm -hmm. is this God? They kept saying, like, he's so kind. And he's, you know, he bottles up your tears and all these things about him. And I was like, what is this? Like, what are are they talking about? This is crazy. Yeah. And then they started having like scriptural references for who God's, God was and his characters. Why, again, healthy churches, good theology, actually preaching scripture in church. Because, so, because then what it made me do was like, well, let me go see what the Bible got to say. Cracking up my Bible, blowing air, the dust off of it because it hadn't been opened uh-huh. up. And I started to really understand them. Then I started to change my circle, the people around me. Mm. I had people that were the same as me, kind of in church, kind of not. I'm like, "Mm -mm, I need some Bible thumping for real. You love Jesus. You're spending time with him. I remember my friend Erin Eddy met her at church. And she's like, yeah, I mean, my friends used to say things like, oh, I just really enjoy my my quiet time with the Lord. And I'm like, 
What that mean? Like, uh-huh. what kind of quiet time are you talking about? They're like, oh, yeah, I get up in the morning. I do this. I do that. So then I'm like, well, shoot, I want to get up in the morning and do this and that. Like, <laughs> yeah. like I just started to get around mm. people, environments, communities that were serious about it. And I even went to a prophetic service. I mean, I went real far. I was a little nervous, honestly. I was like, this is about to get crazy. But I went to this prophetic and healing service, and I literally got prophesied to that I should read the psalm of my birth year in 1991. And I was like, first of all, how y'all know all my business? Did I sign something? <laughs> I remember this Deacon Robert, I'll never forget. He said, I just feel the Lord telling me to tell you to read Psalm 91, the, the Psalm of your birth year. I said, you're a stalker. I don't know what's going on. And then I went to a spiritual encounter. My friend invited me. She's like, we do this encounter every year. It's super deep. And I'm like, okay, shoot, I'm down. Because again, I was not giving up mm. until I met the God that was close to the brokenhearted, that impresses things on the hearts of his sons and daughters. I was like, mm, I'm da- sign me up for the spiritual encounter. I'm down. It was mm. weird, but I'm down. And God met me there in a really beautiful and evident way. And it changed my life. How about Captain Crunch's Crunch Berries with breakfast? Whoa, Dad, we're on. Crunch Island. <gasps> it's Jean foot. <laughs> Crunch! Quick, the zip line! He's getting away! Throw our last crunch berry! No! No one steals my crunch berries! I think you mean my crunch berries? Choose your own crunch venture with Captain Crunch! Hi, it's Martha Stewart. You know, I spend a lot of time thinking about dirt. At 3 a.m.? At all hours of the day, really. What people don't know is that not all dirt is the same. You need dirt with the right kind of nutrients. New miracle Grow organic raised bed and garden soil is so dense, so full of nutrient-rich, high-quality ingredients. miracle Grow is simply the best. When you look back over that season of getting in a new community, getting new friends around you, is yeah. there like a, a a moment you can pinpoint or is it more like a journey of what that looked like for you of like changing your, the view of God and the view of what it yeah. meant to follow him? hundred percent. So after Deacon Robert gave me that Psalm, I went home and read it and I was like, this don't mean nothing to me. I honestly, it had weird words in it. It was about the day. Well, we don't actually know what's, which Psalmist wrote that one, but I was real confused. Well, I go on the spiritual encounter with some of my friends from my church, and they said that one of the ways to really hear from God is to be quiet. Well, I hadn't really been quiet mm. ever. Mm-hmm. I talk a lot already. I was known for leading my life, mm-hmm. speaking into the church, being a youth pastor, speaking everywhere. I had not sat in silence with God ever. Mm-hmm. Where I'm 25 at this point, 25, 26 never sat down and said, God, speak to me ever. And so we have these moments at this spiritual encounter where we have to be quiet for two hours, which I was so mad. I was like, they're not serious. I was trying to whisper to people. And like, <laughs> I did. They were like, I was like, oh, oh, okay, you guys are serious. Got it, got it, got it. And I remember going, and they gave us these journal prompts to ask I just God, had a vision of me and you at this what? thing. And, oh, and I'm telling us. Getting kicked out of the spiritual encounter. Jamie and Tony, we literally are asking people to be quiet. We are, can you please? Yes. And I sit down and I'm like, um, they give us these prompts. And the first question is, God, like, if you could show me a vision of myself and how you view me, how would it be? 
And it was me, like, and the vision that I got was this me in the middle of this field. And I'm just frolicking around like a freaking Teletubby. And there's these lions coming after me. I just, it's so weird. And I write it down. I still have my journal to this day. And it's like lions that are running towards me, but they never get to me. And I'm just like frolicking in the dang field. I don't even know. And then the other prompt is, what's your biggest lie that's keeping you from intimacy with God? And I think for anyone listening, like, if you haven't like accessed what it is, that that the enemy is lying to you about God, mm. I would say that's a huge question to answer. And mine was, God, you're you're not safe. Mm. Like you haven't protected me. And I wrote this down and I got back home and I'm starting to have quiet time with God. And I'm on my fake black leather pleather couch from Ikea. And I said, God, what scripture would you have for me to read today? And he goes, Psalm 91. And I said, oh no, player, we already read that one. No, that one don't mean nothing. To, thank you for that. But Deacon Robert clearly ain't got no power. And he already said that one to me and it don't make no sense. And and I closed my eyes again and um, I said, Lord, like, okay, just let me, <clears throat> what scripture would you have for me? And he said, Psalm 91. And I go and read Psalm 91. And the first couple lines literally are, you who sit down in the high God's presence, say this, God, you're my refuge. I trust in you and I'm safe. Mm. And the whole scripture, I would really encourage anyone to go read the message version, Psalm 91. The whole scripture is literally about how God sends his angels to be encamped around you. And it says, you'll walk unarmed among lions and snakes, like all this stuff. And God's like, if you'll hold on, I mean, the scripture goes, if you hold on to me for dear life, says the Lord, I will rescue you out of any trouble and throw you a party. Mm -hmm. And I'm like weeping on my black leather, yeah. fake leather couch, because for the first time, what had happened was... I understood scripture and God's voice because I was pursuing scripture and God's mm. voice. The reason why it didn't mean anything to me before is because I didn't have ears to hear. Mm. It's because I was a fan of what everybody else was doing. I was sitting in the nosebleed seats. And when I became a follower, I heard him. Mm. And he'd always been coming after me, but I wasn't letting him. Yeah. And that changed my, then I said, I can jump off a building and daddy God is going to catch me. Y'all can't tell me nothing. <laughs> okay. Nothing. He is real mm. and he's coming for me. So all y'all can move around. That Psalm 91, that is a special place. Thank you, Deacon Robert, I'm even sorry. though you didn't even know. I know, poor thing. I wish I could go. I got to go find him again and you tell him you didn't him. have power, brother. You are anointed. <laughs> I think it's beautiful because yeah. I've heard from a lot of people that have been listening to The Happy Hour over the last couple of years say, like, your show helped me decide to follow Jesus again. And I think that just from stories and listen to how God mm -hmm. changes lives, and I see that in you as like, it's so easy to be a fan of God. It really oh, is. I mean, it's easy until it's not. You know, I think we should say. But a lot of people just are comfortable with living their life that way. They want to be a quote unquote good person. They're going to go to church. They're going to be this yep. good American, especially Southern in the South, going to go to church. Yep. But that fan couldn't ever satisfy what was in your deepest heart. Oh, no. you know, it couldn't satisfy me. And it also couldn't protect me from what this world has to offer, mm. which is trash. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, it, it's not enough. Like it's not enough for anybody, but it's really not enough for people with stories like mine mm. who I desperately need something greater than this earth Yeah, because this world has failed me. Mm. 
over and over and over and over again. And I need an anchor. Mm -hmm. If I'm going to stay on this earth, if I'm going to not question my life and taking it, like I need something greater. Mm. And I think God wants us to be desperate like that, even if we don't have stories like that. Yeah. Because that's where the good stuff is, mm. you know? So, so good. Yeah. Tony, I'm so grateful to hear your story. And God has just yeah. opened up the floodgates of doors for you to get to tell people about him. And it's beautiful yeah. to be a friend and watch that. Mm -hmm. Um, A couple of things I want to talk about real quick Um, you that you have going on. Well, first, yeah. I want to ask you this. I didn't, I didn't prep you for this. So here we go. Right. What are you reading? Right, what are you reading? Good. What are you reading these days? Oh, that's really, really good. Oh, oh, wait. You know what? I'm going to say the whole name okay. nope, because I'm listening to it, not reading it right now. It counts. Listening counts. I just started. it. Okay. It does count. Yes. Redeeming heartache. Ooh. My counselor actually recommended it for me. Oh gosh, it just came it on. Started it started playing. <laughs> <laughs> it started playing. Okay. Yep. I've been on it. Okay. Uh -huh. Redeeming heartache. I wanted to read the whole thing. How past suffering reveals our true calling. And it's by Dr. Dan B. Allender, because I'm starting this Allender program coming up in the fall. And um, it was one of the recommendations on the site. And I was like, I'm in. And I I just, I don't know. I didn't believe that you could redeem heartache. I was like, oh, someone broke my heart. It is what it is. Like she is broken. Let me just keep it moving. But if there's redemption for heartache and not just healing, I want that. That's right. That's right. I want that right there. So that's a good one. Okay. So that's what you're reading. Well, that, can you tell us about the program you're starting or is it a secret? It's, it's, it is a care certification for story trauma and all the work that goes along with it. So I do courses, healing community groups with women and I just thought like, I want to get more information. I've been to seminary, got my master's. Like I want to keep learning how to really walk with people in their story when it comes to trauma. And so I'll be getting certified in that. That's crazy. I don't even know what to say. That was like, here's your materials. I was like, oh, <laughs> you're going back to school. You just finished. I don't, let's not talk about it in that way because I'm going to get discouraged to be like, no, it's okay. Allender. Dr. Well, Allender. I'm glad you're going back to school because you know, I'm, I, I'm going back to school and I probably got in because of your raving review. So thank no, you for that. Uh, but yes. going back to school as well. Okay. So this is the other thing I want to talk about is you have a podcast. that's amazing. You just finished mm -hmm. season three. Uh, you've got more seasons coming out. It's really, really yeah. good. I text you when I'm listening to it and it's like, so good. You released a book, but you have a book coming out in August. So tell us about it. Okay. I'm so excited about this. Here's the deal. Let me say this about this book. First of all, it's called Broken Crayon Still Color. It's helping littles process their big feelings. It has I love like it. Color wheel. It's, it's so cute. It's also dedicated to my daughter. And the little girl in the book looks just like her. She has a little gap like her, everything. But her name is Avery, which is my daughter's middle name. And um, yes, I'm getting to surprise my daughter with this. But the reason why I wanted to do a kid's book all around healing, wholeness, feelings, is because the truth is, it was my daughter that had me really pursue God mm. in that season around 24, 25. I transitioned out of that marriage because of my daughter. I wanted to grow my faith because I wanted my daughter to see it. And so um, this book is important because I think our kids being holy and healed and whole, being able to express their feelings, things that we didn't get to have when we were kids. I just think it's so important. Mm. And so Broken Crown Still Color, going to be at Target in stores, going to be at Walmart it. in stores. It's a big deal. And I'm so excited about it. It's so cute. And I've told you this before, when my kid's book came out in 2021, I don't know when it came out, it doesn't matter. It's one of the most fun projects I've ever had promoting because you're just like, this is for the kids. And this is what you'll find interesting as well, Tony, when your book is out, when your kid's book is out in the world. 
I just got an email recently from an adult who's like, I've given this away as graduation gifts because the message is so good. And I'm like, that is what's exciting too, is that this message for kids, I was even thinking like, oh, I want to get this for my daughter story and she's going to be 16, you know, but like sometimes kids messages really resonate with adults Oh yes, all the time um, because it's like touching something inside of us. I'd be reading a book. Listen, you know, we read your book, your kid's book every single night my my son death stares this book until i grab it off the shelf I like love I'm it. Gonna, i have to do another video but even when i'm reading your book about being who god created mm-hmm. us to be i can probably like spit off the whole book right now because it's ingrained <laughs> in my brain but for someone like me who's got people pleasing in her past mm-hmm. i'm telling you did that thing be speaking to me yeah. honey as i read it to my son i'm like nope god made me like this mm-hmm. he chose me and my wild crazy ratchet self to be exactly who i was created to be and it is a gift mm-hmm. to the world yeah. if i let him use me that's so truly. good so you're gonna you're, i'm so excited about your kids book because it really is truly fun to talk about kids books and I how know. it can do so okay so it comes out august 29th but right now <laughs> people can pre-order it tell them what happens when they pre-order Okay, so tons of things happen. So you can go to TonyJCollier.com backslash crayons, and we have all sorts of things for your kids already. There's a cutie sticker pack that you'll get for free when you order the book. There's also an activity guide. So like a cutie little, you know, coloring page and all the things, but there's also a guide for feelings to help Mm -hmm. process through feelings. So you'll get to print that out and you can literally sit with your baby and process through what does this color mean to you? And what does that color mean to you? There's even like therapy drawing pages that come along with it, where if your kids just having like a hard moment, you can whip out a box of crayons and put those papers in front of them. And it's literally designed to help them calm down. I mean, it's good. Like You're it's, doing the good work, Tony J. Oh, Collier. I can't wait. I love Cannot it so wait. much. I love it. I'll put all the links in the show notes for all these things and check it out. Tony, I really appreciate you. I love you, friends. Yeah. Thanks for coming on and telling your story about going from a fan to a follower. Yeah. Let's go. Where else would we want to be, you know? Love you, Jamie. The Happy Hour is produced and hosted by myself, Jamie Ivey, with assistance from Nikki Ogden and Ashley Caldwell. And the show is edited by Jason Talley. How about Captain Crunch's Crunch Berries with breakfast? Whoa, Dad, we're on Crunch Island. It's Jean foot. <laughs> and he stole our crunch. Quick, the zip line. He's getting away. Throw our last crunch berry. No. No one steals my crunch berries. I think you mean my crunch berries. Choose your own crunch venture with Captain Crunch. On this episode of Plant Killers, we'll explore One Nation's most notorious fruit and vegetable killer, Bad Dirt. What makes Bad Dirt so bad? The answer? The ingredients. But fear not, true crime enthusiasts. This story has a happy ending. New miracle Grow organic raised bed in garden soil. It's made with quality organic ingredients from upcycled green waste like compost and aged bark. Unlike the other guys who can't say the same. Looks like Bad Dirt's murdering days are over, thanks to miracle Grow. Join us next time on Plant Killers.